Hark the bardic paladin Who sings and plays again He tells the tales of glory And weaves a magic story He'll join you at your table And ask you to share a fable Heroes of humble origin Villains who must be fought again No matter their skill or prowess The people in life are countless so we pray you heed our request. Enjoy this tale of sidekicks and sidequests. Hello. Welcome to our very first super duper special Levitating Platters uh, patron pub night. This is the very first one that we're doing. So, uh, yeah, do you want to go ahead and uh, introduce yourself to the audience? I mean, I, this isn't a normal show, so it's just kind of us. It's basically a mini uh, blank tape reunion, basically, right now. Woohoo! Yeah, so I'm, uh, my name is uh, Anson. I am one of Kurt's. Uh, old friends from junior high slash high school. Um, we did a podcast together called Blank Tape for a couple of years, um, and it was just us two. So mm -hmm. it's really fun for me to be back on a podcast recording with Kurt, my old co-host. Yeah, um, I've been a fan of Psychics and SideQuests. I've been a patron for a few weeks now, and uh, really happy to support the project. Um, yeah, well, I mean, Blank Tape is the genesis for Sidekicks and SideQuests even existing, because I know it was we were starting to get near the end of that show. And uh, I, if people go on YouTube, because that's where the episodes are now at this point, and they listen to the very last episode of, you know, we discussed this in length as far as like our, my idea of like, okay, well, I want to keep going. And, uh, you know, here's this idea I have. And, you know, let, let's see if this works, uh, you know, bright eyed full of wonder and optimism uh, going into 2020 thinking, uh, you know, nothing was going to happen and then everything happened. Yeah, that was, uh, I forgot, was it pandemic time when, when that was all happening? Gosh, it's it been was, so long. It was because I locked all the socials by January and then got my first couple episodes recorded um, in February and then um, it wasn't too long after that, like March uh, time frame when uh, you know, all the pandemic stuff started. Oh, so, man. Yeah, because I think it was like by late March or early April um, is when I, I then started working from home and then was using Skype uh, and stuff like that to call people and, and get recordings and all that. And that's when I got my super humongous backlog of recordings, um, which did end up helping me once uh, my son was born and had a lot of uh, time to catch up as it were, I've still got a lot of time to catch up now as far as show notes are concerned and write-ups, but... Yeah, the COVID time warp is real. I definitely don't have trouble remembering... I, I do have trouble remembering uh, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, as far so, as goes. so as you mentioned, yeah, you're one of my uh, newest uh, Patreon supporters. Um, I know the plan was to have uh, Goblin Katie here as well, but she did message us and let us know that something had come up, so we want to keep her in our thoughts and prayers and hope that everything's okay we'll have to catch her the next go around we do one of these 
or maybe she and I will do one on one. Who knows? Um, however many of these we decide uh, to do as, as time uh, and scheduling permits. So, I, I yeah, I don't know. Uh, do you want to take us through? Kind of, you had generously written up a document because you're very organized in that way. Um, <laughs> and uh, I don't know. How, how do you want to start us off? Are we going to go back in old blank tape mode? Because I've got my... Uh, whiskey old fashioned mix cocktail oh, very drink nice, very here nice. since it's patron pub night. So <laughs> Yeah, I was I was just telling uh telling my, my partner Divya that uh we used to do the what are you drinking segment at the beginning of every show. So Yeah. Uh, I also have my whiskey here. Um I'll go ahead and turn on my camera so you can see yeah. my office here. This is a uh, as they say the visual medium of radio podcasts. <laughs> yeah. But, I've got Ooh, a fancy little got like a glasses. snifter glass there. Yeah, I stole it from uh, Divya's Divya's parents' house. They had some inside bar, but nice. Um, I've got this glass that I did when the the alumni association for the fraternity went over to Acre Distilling over in Fort Worth. Um, it's over there by the old train yard and stuff like that. Um, and it's a really cool uh distillery if you've never been they do like group tastings and stuff like that so i remember going on a sunday and we got to taste all these different alcohols and uh one of the perks of going was you got a little glass at the end of it so oh that's cool yeah so, so cheers yeah cheers. Woo, 100 episodes we did it yeah yeah it's ah, good and i've got balcones as the whiskey mm. base so it's the mm. brimstone so it's like the heavier whiskey I never knew if it was balcones or balconies. <laughs> yeah. Well, I could go. I could go ask Daniel for the proper pronunciation, but I know he's moved on to other distilling opportunities now. So mm, we'll have gotcha. to keep drinking wherever he goes. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I had had some bullet points of ideas. Um, we could like talk about some of the favorite moments that have happened in the course of the show. Yeah. Um, some things that we like about the show, um, ideas for new things to try, and then uh, turn the tables where the guests get to ask questions of you, the host, instead of you asking the questions. Sure. Um, and then, yeah, so um, I guess top three favorite NPCs uh, from the last, you know, from the duration of the show and I mm -hmm. when I go through and listen I like to star the episodes that I think are really good in my podcast app mm -hmm. um, and so I skimmed through and picked a couple that I remembered and that were starred um, a couple that stood out uh, were Taylor the immortal artist mm. and this one I thought was kind of cool because um, and I'll mention this in the next little little tidbit here is I thought it was really fun to hear your editing tricks, like your voice effects, and uh, mm. it surprised me because I wasn't expecting it. Um, but you put on like a, a deep, echoey, scary voice for the you know the underworld demon god that she serves. Yeah. Um, and so I was like in my bathroom, like cleaning the bathroom or something, and all of a sudden I heard this deep, booming voice. And I said, "Whoa!" <laughs> so it really took yeah, me. Into I'm, the... I'm a trained singer. You you didn't know that I could just naturally do that. <laughs> so that was really fun. Um, I think the episode was a great episode overall, too. Oh, yeah. Um, Melly was great. And, uh, you know, she does great work at Demiplane, but, you know, she got to talk and explain um, about the Cortex system and just her love and passion and enthusiasm for not only community, um, but, but tabletop role-playing game in general. 
Um, she's super awesome. And uh, I love doing that episode. And uh, yeah, it was, uh, you know, it was a delight. I mean, I love all my, they're like all my NPCs or all the NPCs made on the show. They're, they're all my children. And I love them all equally. Um, but, uh, but yeah, no, that one was a, that was a fun episode to edit and uh, pitch down and uh, put a re- reverb on it and all that good sort of kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. And the other one that I remember was cool was uh, Jasper the Frog Errant. Um, mm. I think this is the one where uh, your guest was doing some voice acting, or he just inhabited the role really funnily of the little, the tiny little frog who was trying to ask for help on his uh, side quest. And that was a funny scene that just really stuck with me too. Oh yeah, Alexi Sargent, yeah, of, of uh, Cloven Pine Games. So he's he's made some awesome stuff, and I got to back the. Uh, uh, back again for the Broken Lands uh, book, which is a Tolkien-esque sort of role-playing game for the quiet moments after you've defeated the Doom's Lord and y'all are making your way back to like the equivalent of the Shire, and so you have to, you know, it's kind of like a, a story narrating sort of a game. Um, but yeah, no, Alexi was great on that episode. Uh, would love to, you know, I'm I'm going through the catalog of everyone, and so I'm trying to contact everyone slowly but surely to have them on for their second. Uh, spots back on the show and then you tonight being the three Pete so uh, the first one in the the three three Pete club the hat trick club Um, Mm -hmm. yeah that's a fun uh, fun achievement so what about you do you have any uh, I know it's hard to pick a favorite kid but Mm -hmm. what are some it doesn't have to be a favorite but what are some moments that you like really remember enjoying or uh, having a fun time with Sure. Yeah. Um, I mean, it was, uh, you know, thinking on the Demi plane side of things, the episodes that I also got to do with uh, Joshua Simons and Travis Frederick, uh, you know, who's the co-founder CTO of Demi plane. Those episodes were awesome. And especially, uh, you know, just the generous uh, nature of, of those individuals, you know, uh, fun episodes with Sahara, the werewolf dragonborn blacksmith and, um, uh, 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 Binwick, the Death Tyrant Beholder Chef, um, with the inter the interdimensional uh, Chefs Guild, which is a very fun piece of world building, which I hope people have been able to introduce in their game, which is all sorts of like, oh, you need Gith Yankee cooking? Oh, I know just the recipe card for you, kind of a situation. Um, those episodes were fun, uh, and just most re- notably and recently. Um, you know, getting to guest with uh, Nicholas Cardarelli uh, and having him make Cirrus the Rakshasa Entertainer, as well as uh, the Dispel Magic podcast duo, uh, Benjamin Huffman and uh, uh, Dane Fox McGraw, uh, with making the uh, Delramon and Katniss Hexblood um, Stonecasters that were also fantasy game designers. It was a very meta episode and very fun. Um, and then getting to talk with uh, Katie DiMatteis and uh, Ben Martin Mooney of the Amateurish Productions was also another fun recent one to get to do. They were very enthusiastic, and I think they said they wanted to adopt the NPC randomization table uh, mm. methodology and perhaps make that into some sort of segment or uh, show offering on their uh, on their Twitch stream, so that way they can populate their game world um, with all sorts of community. Uh, created sort of uh, NPC characters. Man, way to go! Way to make your mark on the on the community. Yeah, slowly cool. but surely. And uh, you know, I, I've loved talking with all my guests. So you know, it is mm-hmm. true that they're all my favorite children. 
Um, <laughs> and yeah, I'll go back and listen to old episodes and be like, oh, you know, that was a fun episode or that was a fun interview to get to do. And uh, hopefully the editing and uh, the uh, pacing and all that is uh, continuing to improve. Uh, not as choppy sounding as they once were just because I was so this this came from our days uh, when I got the helm of editing blank tape episodes. I was like, oh, I'm listening to us going, um, you know, and breathing and you know, smacking our lips and all that stuff. That was just irritating to me to listen to in my ears while editing. Um, and so you would you could definitely tell the difference between Anson's editing and my editing of episodes. And I felt like that carried in uh, to the beginning of uh, sidekicks and side quests and then I just had to uh, eventually be like okay you can let some of it slide you listen to some major podcasts out there and there's people breathing and smacking their lips and saying filler words all the time you can you can take it a little <laughs> yeah. easy you don't have to be so precise he says that as I'm over here hitting the mute button every time I take a drink just so I don't get the noise on the recording <laughs> well see I was thinking before out. we started rolling I needed to make sure I found um, some of that Kevin McLeod royalty free like tavern mm. background uh, uh, McGinty I don't know I, I think I remember the name of the piece was like oh, something yeah. McGinty McGinty's um, jig or whatever yeah. yeah I need to find like some of that tavern uh, background sort of ambient noise and then I'll layer that so then it feels like we're at the real life place that inspired the fictional levitating platter of flying saucer because mm -hmm. you go in there and there's always music playing and there's people milling about and they're drinking they're having fun and laughing and it's like you know if you were in a D&D world and you went into a tavern on a Friday or Saturday night you know it's probably the same sort of vibe you'd be you'd be getting mm -hmm. yeah it's funny you mentioned the one with the, uh, I think it was Githraki Chef, the Chef's Guild, because I had also starred that one in my list when I was going through. So, Oh, yeah, Ben Wick. Yeah, I remember he was just like, you mean I could be more than one kind of a beholder? And he was like, a death tyrant. It's an undead beholder. That's that's pretty cool. I'll go with that one. Like, okay, yeah. Uzi Blob was one of the uh, adjectives. That's, that's a pretty good, pretty good adjective. Ovular yeah. Uzi Blob. <laughs> Yeah. Good deal. So, um, the next thing I had written down um, to grill Kurt on was uh, what works about the podcast. So, yeah, um, I Lay mentioned it on this me. earlier. Yeah, the I mentioned this criticism mode. <laughs> uh, I think it's really fun to hear the editing tricks, like the voice effects. It was a nice little surprise. Um, I am a little bit behind. I think you know this, that I'm kind of always behind on my podcast and stuff. So, I'm the one that I just finished just recently was uh, Moose, the dressmaker. Mm. Um, so that's probably a few months behind at this point. But um, catching up, so maybe there's more voice tricks that I haven't just heard yet, but uh, getting there. So uh, I really enjoy that. Um, I think my favorite thing about it overall is the great variety of people that you get um, between like the D&D experts, like the D&D newbies, and like some people who are total, you know, strangers to the game. So mm -hmm. if it's if it's a stranger to the game, it's fun because you get to like pull them out of their shell and be like, oh, it's like, let's just like be creative. Like this is a free space to just invent whatever you want to. And like, it's fun to see people kind of like take those steps. Yeah. Because um, I've been there too. Getting the lead Jonathan Blevins by the hand, you know, he's the famous Twitch streamer, Ninja's brother. Um, and he was just like, I don't, I, I would have made fun of people who used to play D and D and I've got friends that are into it and they're like, oh, you should try it. And it's like, okay, I'll, I'll take a chance on this 
on this podcast and uh, and see how it goes. And by the end of it, you can hear it in his voice. He's just like, that's D&D? Wow, that's so much fun. I should I should really try and play it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, that reminds me a lot of my experience because you introduced me to D&D also. And um, getting into that headspace of like being creative and inventive is, is fun to hear new people take that step. And then you get somebody on who's like a D&D like you know, very experienced, very comfortable, like doing voices and just getting into that world. And so it's just like the magic and the chemistry of when you get somebody who's like so ready to go and so excited. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just fun to have both of those experiences and you can create some really fun things with both of those experiences. So I just, I like how the, the show has a consistent format, but the variety of guests you have on just leads it to be like a different experience every time. And it's, it's a lot of fun. So I really, I really enjoy that aspect of it. So, I mean, I know you said you're a little bit behind because, uh, you know, you're working remote. You're not having to uh, bust tail on uh, the Houston highways and all Mm -hmm. that sort of kind of stuff. Um, But uh, for you, when you take an opportunity to um, listen to a guest who's previously been on and then they come back on the show, uh, from a listener perspective, what's that like as far as uh, the the difference in the the tone or the energy or, or stuff like that? That's tough. I haven't noticed a big difference. Um, I think maybe if they were, you know, like nervous the first time or unsure what's going on, they're more excited the second time. But I, I haven't really, can't say that I've noticed a big difference. Um, okay. I guess is a good thing. <laughs> that's a consistent experience. <laughs> okay, good. That's but, good. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. You'd have to remind me too. Uh, I mean, I you've been I, on two times before, and then um, Brady's Effler's been on twice. Um, Charles has been on twice. Elise has now been on twice. I know she just had her episode come out at the time of this recording just this past Wednesday. Um, so something forward to look look to. Um, yeah. So, I mean, those are the ones I could call off the top of my dome. Yeah, I just pulled up my list, and I'm not that far behind. I just finished number 90, and, of course, we're at 100 here, so I'm only 10 behind. That's really not bad at all. Yeah. So that's good. I'm, I'm happy that I'm catching up. And you're totally right. It's the commute that did it. You know, I don't – I don't. this is my – you see me. I'm in my work chair now. I got my – I have an L-shaped desk, and so, like, the personal is here, and if I just turn to the right, this is the work setup. So mm. my commute takes no time at all, but – well, yeah, I mean, I'm sure it. there's a lovely park or trail or something that you could go walk down and just pop on some headphones or earbuds, Walkman disc things, and uh, and go uh, listen and, and escape to a fantasy world while you're looking at, uh, you know, serene park landscapes. Oh, yeah. Usually these days it's doing the dishes or driving somewhere um, mm. just for fun or whatever, but... But as far as the uh, the mundane chore uh, threshold uh, acceptance for for podcast listening, so mine 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 meets that uh, that that barrier level as far as like it's a good podcast that you can listen to while you're doing the dishes or flossing your teeth or something like that. Mm-hmm. Okay. I used to want to. Um, I've always been interested in the idea of like a shower speaker, you know, like a listen to podcasts in the shower. But mm-hmm. the problem there is that like. If your phone is, you know, on the counter or whatever, and like you miss something, you can't rewind because you're like mm. you're stuck. You have to like, oh, I got to like reach out and like try to follow. Or over. you get one of those uh, bags. Like if you if you go boating mm. out on the lake, you can put like your phone in a bag that's 
uh, got a membrane enough that I guess you can still manipulate a, a touch screen and stuff like that. Maybe maybe that's a, a, a as we would say, a, a redneck engineering tip. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yes, that's what uh, that's what I had in my notes for for what works. Um, Anything that doesn't had, work. Yeah, I don't know. I. Uh, Do you like the ad breaks? Yeah, the ads are cool. Um, I mean, you, it, it typically tends to follow a script, and I don't do it like some of these other podcasts where they maybe come up with a bit and then lead into it because it has to do with like that week's episode. I know that would take more time and effort to do, but it's something that could be done, I suppose. So it's not just the same thing. Although, like you were saying, consistency is, is a good thing. So you would at least know when I start talking about that stuff, you're like, okay, two, two 30 minute skips ahead Two sorry, <laughs> two 30 seconds skips ahead. Okay. I'm basically done with the ad now and I can get back to the good stuff. Oh, I listen anyway, because like I said, I'm either driving or I have my dish gloves on. So. Oh, uh, so you're yeah, forced to. You, uh, you used to uh, just use the same recording every time mm-hmm. uh, for a while. And so I basically had to memorize, um, you know, apply a beer bomb to your face and get the sweet aroma of victory with strength, with enhanced strength and dexterity. Uh, oh, yeah. Those were the days when I was a, a new dad <laughs> and having to desperately catch up on a huge backlog of episodes that I was like, OK, I just recorded the ad things and then I just drop it in, go and then keep going. So. Is yeah, there's no a way to survive. Game. Yeah. So I think the ads are fine. I think it's great that you have um, that you have sponsors and stuff. It's cool that they're in the industry too. That the um, like the mini the mini maker um, Texas Minis. Oh Reaper. Called. Reaper. Which Minis, I know. Yeah. Well, <laughs> spoiler alert. Uh, I know that program has ceased. So I am in the market looking for a new sponsor. If someone wants to sponsor the uh, the random encounter section of the show. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah. Well, I mean, it is because Mr. Ed passed away. Yeah. And so, uh, you know, they're they're taking their time and, and getting things all situated, uh, you know, with their new life circumstances. So, I mean, they're, they're, you know, they still need all your love and support and patronage and all that stuff. It's just I, I for the time being, I think they've just suspended their affiliate program. So the link technically still works um, if you wanted to use it on the older episodes. But like moving forward. You know, I won't be adding them to any newer episodes that'll be coming out. I thought it was really sweet when you uh, read the read the in memoriam for him uh, right mm. after he passed in the episode. I thought that was really nice. Um, yeah, I guess the only criticism that I had that comes to mind mm-hmm. when I'm thinking of something is uh, for some of your newer guests, um, it's a little hard for me to tell because the, uh, the app that I use, Overcast, I use the Smart Speed feature. Where mm-hmm. it, like skips silences and it kind of like speeds things up a little bit um but i always wonder if your newer guests who are like having trouble getting started you know um you have a lot of great ideas and you like like to share them and be like okay like, here's three possibilities like they roll something totally crazy and you're like all right could it be this this or this you know like do those do you think that um people are having trouble like coming up with ideas for themselves like for example, like if something, if a crazy role of a, a crazy secret or a crazy lore comes up, mm. um, 
do you usually give the guests like a minute to think about it or do you like usually try to throw out ideas as quickly as you can or like what's what's your strategy there you know like do yeah. you worry about dead time like dead hair ink time you know what i mean like yeah, yeah no i mean um i you know well <laughs> you know this is behind the scenes as well um Ooh. you know for the you know we're recording right now on a program called zencaster um and that's thanks to uh my friends at dispel magic uh ben and dane letting me in on the secret of this program which is really cool so before that you know again i was using in the early days i was using like skype and recording locally and stuff like that when we could when i still could feasibly do that um and then i switched over to zoom and for the longest time zoom would let you just record for as long as you want even if you only said oh it's 40 minutes they would let you go over no problem mm -hmm. and then it got to a point where zoom cut off that like unlimited recording time and they kept you hard at the 40 minutes and so I would always be having to like, you know, tell a guest like, hey, you know, we'll we'll talk. And if it goes out, we'll just pop back in. Um, and so I think uh, recently I've trained myself because of, you know, the time crunch that I have. Yeah, totally. Yeah. It's like me just trying to like, I mean, I'll still let guests take their time with providing mm -hmm. their own answers, but I'm just trying to be helpful and give mm -hmm. out some ideas because I'm you can probably listen to the episodes where sometimes I'll give out a couple of ideas. And then the guest will say something that's even cooler and that they're like, no, I'm inspired by this idea. And then I back off and I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah. So if we're going to work with this idea, well, then what does that mean? And maybe I'll try and ask some probing questions as far as like, well, if this is the circumstance then, but what does it mean based on some of the other previous stuff we rolled? And then that helps, um, you know, guests connect the puzzle pieces, the dots and whatnot, um, you know, to have the character make sense and they have that ownership so i definitely want people to have their agency on this show and i don't want to railroad them and say no the npc we're making is only going to have my cool ideas and not my guests i i always try to be very deferential um to my guests as much as i can but i do try to help out where uh where need be i think when you listen to uh the the uh the hex blood stone caster episode with the dispel magic podcasters um you know there's a joke in there that uh, you know that dane says like what you don't know is that there's really long gaps of silence in it and because we were at the question of like what are adjectives that describe your characters and uh -huh. you know so there's a in the in the raw audio it's like there was a long silence uh of them just trying to think and figure out stuff and so i kind of condensed it to like give you the feeling of like they're sitting there thinking without you actually having to suffer in silence of like it's been like 10 seconds and no one said anything <laughs> you know i want to keep it i want to keep yeah. <laughs> it, i want to keep the pace moving so people okay. don't get uh bored or lost yeah all right that makes sense yeah i get that it's like a, a time crunch because of the uh the recording limits and then like the magic of editing too so yeah that makes sense cool if i, I you, do uh, try and you know it, it is an intense listening editing as you'll recall from our days of like you're sitting there editing and you're going back and listening to the same snippet like you know 13 <laughs> times yes. because you're just like i'm not i'm not feeling the cadence of this or like this thing it seems too rushed so then you're like manipulating you're like ah oh, but i don't like how this you know he smacks his lips here and so but then it throws but then it's like because that blends in with him starting to answer the question. So you're like trying to be you're trying to be real noodly. And sometimes you just have to throw up your hands and be like, well, I did the best I could. And I just hope that people will be able to fill in the gaps. 
of uh, between the mess. Yeah, totally. Yeah, that's good. I like that. Um, I'm excited that you have another uh, like duo episode coming up. Um, I always enjoy those episodes where it's like there's an extra guest, like there's two other guests because it's like mm -hmm. extra double trouble, you know. Yeah, those, those are really fun too. Um, the other only thing I can think of to try is um, sometimes because I know the theme song, I've been like rocking out, you know, like we could have a we should like write a cover of the theme song or something like that, like a like an well, alternate I mean, version. You're, you're the one that has the theory degree and you have <laughs> Sibelius or something like that. I mean, yeah. are you offering your services pro bono? I think it would be fun. I think uh, music is a hobby that I've, you know, um, really been looking forward to like getting back into and i think i told you this you know offline in our own friend conversations that i like i bought myself a little keyboard piano mm -hmm. um, i really like to take piano lessons again at some point and arranging music is a fun thing that i've done in the past so it would be cool i mean i know that uh patreon is getting rid of the goals thing on their patreon pages so moving oh, forward those will disappear but i know one of the lofty goals was like if this podcast made some ridiculous amount of money every month for whatever reason, then I would definitely look into like have professionally uh, made music and stuff like that. So it would like redo the theme song, redo the outro song and all the musical stings in between, maybe even some sort of like, I don't know, just some sort of underlying like ambiance track that I could just put in. So then it doesn't feel like it's just two people talking. Although, I mean, those kinds of you know l l audio listening experiences are fine when it's two people talking um but sometimes you know if you can break it up a little bit i know there's a podcast i listen to um uh the inn at the edge of greenwood uh, which is a very awesome storytelling podcast within D, &D uh but the host of that show is inhabiting a character the the innkeeper um and so he does have like ambiance uh tracks going on in the background um, you know, sound effects and stuff like that. I know Kenny Vig Vigu, Kenneth Vigu, Kenny, uh, who does the Chad Fallout 76 podcast goes above and beyond with all the Foley sound effects and all that stuff. So it, mm -hmm. you really do get the the sense of the old radio play um, feel whenever you're listening <laughs> to. Yeah. 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 But yeah, yeah, like frying pans, but like even the crunch of gravel or they're talking about oh, wow. like you know, the, they're, they're gearing up in a, in a gas powered vehicle and they're going to go tearing down the highway to go rob some sort of federal reserve in Washington, DC. Like you're hearing like, Oh, here's the loud diesel engine and motorbikes firing up and, uh, you know, guns and explosions and even audio snippets like from the actual games themselves, uh, make their way into the episodes. So I know Kenny does like a fantastic job with all of his soundscape stuff. And whenever you listen to, you know, other major podcasts like Dungeons and Daddies that Beth May is on, you know, they have top notch, um, you know, audio, you know, maybe cues, maybe not so much cues because you do want to listen to the actual um, player characters, the actors um, tell their jokes and everyone busts out laughing and all that sort of kind of stuff. Yeah. That can take a lot of work too. all the adding right. all the sounds for sure. I know I joked and said pro bono because I know that would be a lot of work, but maybe I could perhaps knock off some of that four dollar month and, uh, you know, <laughs> give some of that four dollar a month back to you. Uh, um, no, so then that way you could, you know, I could financially afford you, uh, you know, 
because this podcast <laughs> does run on a pretty shoestring budget for sure. Yeah. Afford my hobby messing around. So I guess that reminds me of something else I was thinking about. Like you mentioned this Zencaster tool, which looks pretty cool. Like mm-hmm. uh, I would say, don't be afraid to have a, like a, and higher, like a higher tier, you know, like if there's a tool like this, like Zencaster and it's, you know, like X dollars a month and like, you really wish you could use it. Like mm-hmm. I would support a slightly higher tier, you know, like don't be afraid to, if there's specific, especially if there's like something that's specific, like, Oh, this would improve my life. Zencaster mm-hmm. would save me a lot of headache to be able to use their recording tools. Like, yeah. Um, I know you like to advertise yourself as the cheapest podcast Patreon. Um, but yeah. you know, don't, don't be afraid to ask what you, what you need. You know, like I think, Anything yeah. that can take a little pain off of you as the creator is is worth sure. it. So, you know, uh, I do try and follow that that Saint Therese Lisieux model of the little way, just being very humble and like I'm not trying to take up anyone's space. I'm, you know, I'm just happy to be here making a podcast. You know, this is uh, my fun, my fun hobby. It's not my mm-hmm. livelihood. Um, yeah. So I, I, you know, I don't want to be obnoxious uh, with to people and being like, you have to pay me an exorbitant amount of money to barely get anything of mediocre quality. Mm-hmm. So. Well, the shout outs are fun. I like that. Um, so anyways, yeah, I don't think well, I, have I mean, luckily other, in, but... in the more behind the scenes talk, I mean, there's this, uh, Zencaster plus or, or basically the free plus, um, you know, I guess I'll try filling out the form. Because uh, from the representative who emailed me back earlier today, t- informing me that uh, it would not impact uh, my fireside hosting or website in any way, it just means oh, that nice. if I get approved for it, it means I'll have to run like Zencaster ads or like other brand affiliates that they say, which I guess is no different than like YouTube and Spotify and stuff like that. When or Anchor you know, some of these uh, other services that make it really easy for someone to be able to start up and, you know, monetize and stuff like that. But I try not to get too hung up on that sort of kind of stuff. Cause like I said, it's a hobby. It's not a grind and yeah. I'm not trying to contribute to anyone's um, financial woes just because, I mean, you could, you know, we're, we're here at a fi- fictional pub right now and we could just be like, have you seen the gas prices? Do you know how much it costs to feed my household? You know, all those yeah. sorts of kind of talks. And that's why it's like, hey, four bucks a month. Like, and you get like the most that I can feasibly put out as far as a Patreon person. And that's less than some of these other ones, other Patreons out there, not to disparage them or anything like that. But their minimum thing is $5. Well, my highest tier is $4. That's $1 less than the minimum from some of these other Patreon accounts out there. So I think you get more bang for your limited amount of bucks <laughs> very nice yeah yeah i totally get it i just you know what you're doing is really cool and uh don't be ashamed of the cost that it takes so i support you that's all i'm trying to say sure yeah i'm the biggest fan maybe besides mom and dad i don't know they can yeah. fight me <laughs> <laughs> and of course goblin katie who was the yes. very first uh patreon ah, supporter true. which um you know uh, you know, hope she hope she's doing okay. You know, we're here in our fic- fictional pub, and we got the the text message where we were already planning on meeting up. And you know, she told us, "Ah, oh, something came up," and we're just like, "Ah, oh, well, we're already on our way to go drink, so I guess we will." Uh, but yeah, we'll, we'll don't worry, don't worry, everyone. We will get her back on, and we will have a grand old time. Uh, uh, but yeah, I mean, the 
if you don't know, um, the Patreon tiers very closely model off the lifestyle expenses that's in fifth edition. So if you go and look in the Dungeon Master's Guide and you look up lifestyle expenses, like it's like, oh, if you want to live like modestly, it's like one gold a day or like, you know, or uh, two gold a day or four gold a day. And so like wealthy is considered like four gold a day, whereas like aristocratic is like 10 gold a day, which that would be like, okay, I, you know, people want something from me. I know um, when Nicholas Cardarelli had me on his podcast, he was asking that same sort of question of like, well, what's something that you've got cooked up for the Patreon? And it, I'm just like, I honestly don't know uh, because, you know, I've got, you know, my dedicated, uh, albeit limited, small, mighty uh, team of patrons who support me, but I don't want to promise them more than I can deliver. Um, but I know ideas of like, oh, maybe if you did like PDF, nice formatted sheets of your NPC characters that get made in the write-ups, that might be something cool, which then at that point, okay, maybe a $10 a month membership would be something like, hey, we can get you, like when we make PDF copies of NPC sheets, then that means you get those if you're at that level and I don't know if there's any other sorts of ideas that you think would be worth like enrolling for $10 a month, you know, cause $10 a month times 12, that's $120 a year. So what do you think is worth $120 a year? I mean, conceivably, yeah. If you, if we make PDFs of all the characters, then like, yeah, for 120 bucks a year. Yeah. Whenever we make them, you just get them for, you know, as part of the $10 plus all the other stuff. Plus, I imagine something else, because, I mean, I feel like for PDFs, I mean, yeah, I, I don't know. I feel like there's maybe something a little more there for $10 a month. That's that's really clever about the lifestyle expenses. I never noticed that that was a D&D fund because I don't know it. I don't know a fifth edition <laughs> that or any edition. That you well. just need so to play more D&D, dude. I know. It's so funny. My brother has been like getting into it. He has a game. Oh. <laughs> You're like, hey, I know this podcast. I happen to be a patron of the arts. And uh, this podcast you might really like. I should tell him about it. I think I have told, I'm sure I've told him about it, but I'm going to bug him about it some more again. I'll see him tomorrow. <laughs> okay. Sunday family dinner. But Sure, yeah. That guy? That guy's still doing podcasting? I thought he stopped when you guys stopped doing a podcast, he'll say. No, I couldn't hold him back. He was full yeah. of a podcasting fire. <laughs> yep, he had to All chill right. by the fireside. Oh, so the next section that we had here was uh, turn the tables where the guests, a.k.a. me, and complicated <laughs> get to ask questions of the host. Uh, I've been trying to brainstorm all week or all few weeks that we've been talking about this. And mm -hmm. uh, what I got so far is, number one, if you could have, you snap your fingers, you can have any member of the D&D community on the show, any one person, who would you have? Hmm. That's a good question. I mean, I know a lot of people would probably jump to anyone from the Critical Role uh, company or, or or cast, which I would absolutely love to do. Um, but honestly, I mean, I really like Matt Colville's uh, spirit, and I like uh, his knowledge that he has to impart. I know that he's super busy with running a company and all that stuff, and he probably doesn't do that many podcast interviews and I'm sure he would be very gracious and say, well, thanks for considering me, but I'm sure there's somebody more important than me 
who would have more fun on your podcast. Um, but Matt, I think would be totally cool to sit down and have that kind of conversation since I uh, watched so many of his videos and I've enjoyed so many of his um, various podcasts and streams and all that and his products. I mean, I, you know, every Arcadia, I'm not a Patreon supporter of MCDM Productions, but at this point I ought to be because then I'd at least save some money on all of the Arcadia issues that uh, the PDFs that they produce on a monthly basis that come out with all these supplemental um, Dungeons and Dragons content that they produce. So um, James Intracasso, who's also a lead designer uh, for them, would also be another fun guest to have on the show um, as well. Is he part of Critical Role or no? Who, Matt Colville? Yeah. Uh, Matt Colville was mentioned whenever Critical Role would do these, like, um, they would do, like, these tournament fights between all the characters. The joke was is that Matt Mercer would be like, oh, you have a dream, and there's this guy, this wizard named uh, Matthew Colville, who all summoned you here, and now you have to fight each other. Um, that was a joke early on in some of the first couple ones of those that they did. Um, but uh, he, he was, uh, he's been associated with them uh, in part because he helped do their first comic book anthology, and so he oh. did do the writing um, for that comic book. Um, and I know... Uh, there, there's a really funny um, email uh, mishap that happened when Liam O'Brien was uh, coming up with his uh, half-elven character, and uh, you know because Liam O'Brien's a voice actor, and at the time Matt Colville was working at Turtle Rock Studios, which is a, a video game uh, studio that did like um, they did Evolve. They were the ones originally pioneering Left 4 Dead before Valve came over and, and took over that IP and stuff like that. Um, so there was some overlap with games uh, that uh, Liam and Matt got to work on. And of course, Matt Mercer is a voice actor as well. And so Liam sends this email. Well, he sends it to the wrong Matt. And so then Matt Colville responds and uh, kind of chides him a little bit. But, it's, you know, it's also fun and ton in cheek and stuff like that as far as like this character concept would never work and, and stuff like that. Um, but then it ends up being okay. And occasionally, I, I you know, you hear that like, Oh, they'll all go out and get lunch together and stuff like that. And um, oh, nice. who knows if they're trading stories or, or stuff like that. You know, the, I I know that Critical Role, uh, all those uh, cast members and team love uh, Matt Colville and all that he does uh, as he's been a stalwart of the uh, of the D and D community online. Um, just a good guy, just a good dude, and that's why I think he'd be awesome to have on the podcast if i if i could make that happen i'm certainly open to trying um you know ask and maybe you shall receive uh in this circumstance but but who knows we'll we'll just keep asking anyone uh to be on the show that want, would like to be yeah i thought it was cool you had uh i just listened to one where you had i think it was moose's episode where you had somebody who had contacted you about being on the yeah. show and matthew j really cool. hansen who runs sneak attack press um, so he must have found me through, uh, you know, the Twitter algorithm or the Twitter shtick is, you know, before the Elon Musk takeover was like everyone on Saturdays would do like self promo Saturday. And oh, okay. maybe we had, uh, you know, uh, crossed wires in that way. But yeah, it was like not too long before that recording happened uh, that he reached out and, and said, hey, I have this new product coming out. I would love to come on your podcast and and talk about it and i was like oh okay i mean we can get you out uh on the show that's no problem it would be it would premiere after the product had launched but 
I think he was able to work it in the episode to say like, oh, now this thing is available now and you can go to this website and uh, get a sell- get yourself a copy. Yeah. It Speaking works. Critic- if you do email me, I do in fact work to try and get you <laughs> on the show. So. Mm-hmm. You, uh, I, speaking of Critical Role, I had, uh, the only Critical Role I've ever watched was the one that you recommended to me, which was like the Harry Potter one. There was like, oh, a, the one shot. Potter. Yeah. Yeah. It was just one episode, but that was a lot of fun. It was really funny. Um, kind of like I mentioned earlier, it's like watch these expert storytellers and people who have a good rapport because they like work together so much, you know, like mm-hmm. they, they have a lot of fun and it's just fun to be part of part of that experience. So that was cool. Um, yeah, they're continuing to be a powerhouse. I mean, I don't know if you've been keeping up with all the Amazon Prime, uh, you know, because they I was one of the 88,000 backers on the original Kickstarter for the animated show. And then after the success of that record-breaking Kickstarter, um, Amazon came in and then was like, hey, n- not only are we going to, um, you know, fund a second and third seasons of the Legend of Vox Machida, but we're going to go ahead and start producing uh, an animated show based on their second campaign, The Mighty Oh, Dome. wow. So, like, yeah, Critical Role is uh, is doing pretty well right pretty, pretty, now. Okay, yeah. <laughs> I didn't know that at all. That's cool. Um, yeah, so, I, I mean, that might be something you and Divya might want to, especially if Divya has not been around D&D, be like, hey, there's this animated, you know, it, it is a cartoon, but it's, like, definitely for mature adult audiences. Um, but it's, like, it's an animated telling of, you know, their the first campaign. Because um, the the first and second seasons of The Legend of Vox Machina do cover uh, major swaths of episode from uh, the first campaign that they that they did. Wow, that's pretty cool. Yeah, so lots of people are coming into the Critter fandom because they watched the they heard the hype online and they checked out the Amazon Prime show and then they're like, okay, I think I'll try out this D and D thing now, which is which is cool. I mean, it's the same thing that happens like with Stranger Things or. Um, now we have, at the time of this recording, the D&D uh, Honor Among Thieves movie coming out, which will probably also do a lot to inspire people to want to try who have never tried before. Yeah. Let's see what... Uh, I'm breaking the, the law here. and I'm looking at the internet while we're recording because we were talking about that. Sure, yeah. Where, where's Honor Among Thieves? I was just reading reviews It's got it. Chris Pine, Michelle Rodriguez, Justice Smith... Hugh Grant. All right, eighty-nine percent. Uh, the guy oh, from Bridgerton's in it. Mm, Chris Pine, I like very much. All right, next question. I'm <laughs> bringing it back. Yeah. If you could have any non-member of the D and D community on the show, who would you have? So, anybody who is like a, a family member or a friend or just a celebrity who's like not into D and D, like who's someone random that you would really like to have. I mean, now that now that you got me thinking of like, <laughs> you know, the the psychological thing of like where you're saying, well, exclude these other categories of people, and then it got me thinking of like, what are other D and D people like? Oh, Joe Manganiello, and like, oh, Stephen Colbert, and like some of those big names, which obviously would have no, uh, you know, have no need to you know <laughs> appear on my podcast because they're way too busy. Um, but let's see, a non, so someone who is not currently in the hobby uh, that I would like to have as a guest on the show? <laughs> that is a good question. Um, yeah, I mean, that, that's a stumper. I mean, 
uh, I mean, like I said, I'm, I'm happy to have anyone on the on the show. So if there's some famous actor or producer or newspaper person or social media whiz kid, uh, what about your I sister Sean? Is she in, is she interested at all? Oh, I mean, uh, I don't I don't know. I mean, I, I mean, there's the story, of course, where the one Christmas because I was so excited for fifth edition, I went ahead, you know, for Christmas. I bought her the starter kit along with like some extra dice and stuff like that for Christmas. And I'm pretty sure it sat up in their game closet for the longest time. And then, you know, in their kick and their minimalist uh, downsizing sort of uh, kick, I think they may have sold that stuff or given oh. it away or something like that, which, you know, sorry, Kurt. <laughs> my family loves me. My sister loves me. She does support me in the things I do. I have gotten her to listen to a couple of episodes. Um, it would be fun and interesting if she wanted to guest, but again, that that's on her. Uh, I'm not going to force her. I've learned that lesson now. Clearly, you cannot force the things you love on people. You just have to be cool and enthusiastic about it, but just leave the invitation open as far as just letting people like take their own speed and their own time with processing stuff. Um, what about the uh, what about the Mrs. Krenwilgi? I don't know if she's nameless or if she's named on the internet. Oh, um, I <laughs> mean, she be interested? I, uh, I don't know if she would be. I mean, I mean, she loves D and D. Don't get me wrong, but I think she rem- she likes her anonymity for the most part, as far as most things on the internet are concerned. I know she's very much, um, you know, she's doing Lent on you know the speed run because uh, she just basically doesn't get on or use social media anymore mm. um, which is fine mm-hmm. and you know so her life is opened up immensely um, you know with, with so much other activities that she can be uh, and wants to be doing uh, instead of mindlessly scrolling uh, the endless feed on, on yeah. whatever social media platform um, was I starting to say an answer before you interjected and then suggested uh, someone I may have been just trying to think who would be a celebrity or a movie star i may have to have more drinky drink and then i'll come back and think to an answer who knows i ruined it ah it's fine it's pub night it's patron pub night no (laughs) rules well some rules some rules apply (laughs) i mean my thinking going into this episode is that i'm gonna like just leave it like raw audio and not hardly do any editing on this unless there's like some painfully obvious awkward part where we can't think of anything to move forward so in the interest of time so i'm not just sitting here racking my brain i'm sure if i come up with something cool i'll 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 interject in and say who's like a a non-hobby person that i would love to interview um but until then uh the mystery will continue hmm let me see if I can come up with any more questions that I'm curious to ask you yeah. about the show. Do you think that uh, looking at your video, you have a really cool podcasting mic and a little pop filter? Mm-hmm. It's, it's super nice. Uh, Thank do you, you think Dad. That, that was a Christmas present. Oh. Do you think that? Um, I guess I was going to ask. Like, do you think that like helps? Like, what do you do to like get in the zone? You know, like when you're gonna. Kurt's about to go sit down and record. Like, mm-hmm. do you, you know, I imagine you're like one minute you're running around the house taking care of the baby. And the next minute you like sit down and like you're, you hit record, you know? So like, what's, 
what's the warm-up process you know are you doing little vocal exercises or <laughs> do you need like five minutes of silence to get into headspace for creativity um no i mean i you know yeah i i do have my 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 loving family my responsibilities there and so i help with that um and then most of the time because it's like me scrambling to make sure everything's ready to go um and then making sure i have all my notes pulled up you know because i've i've found myself stumbling at those times that i'm like i can i've done a hundred episodes i know how this goes and then you're just as human and mess up and then you're like oh this this doesn't sound professional in the slightest and you know i'm a serious podcaster i know what i'm doing i'm not some amateur fly by night operation um <laughs> Yeah, I mean, you know, yeah. So if I got a couple minutes, like before we start recording, um, you know, I'm pretty fairly regularly listening back to episodes. Um, sometimes if I'm just driving and there's not any of the podcasts that I'm listening to right now that are striking my inspiration um, or I'm, uh, you know, going back and actually having an opportunity and forcing myself to sit down and do show notes or write-ups and all that stuff and so i'm having to re-listen to older episodes and then i'm remembering things and then like that's a new inspiration but also you know i'm just trying to consume media uh well maybe not consume media but i'm trying to enjoy things i'm trying to live life and i'm trying to watch cool shows and you know maybe various streams of of different things or i'm listening to music or like different YouTube videos, like lore videos on fallout stuff or something that'll just like inspire me. Um, or, you know, like no dumb questions or something like that. And they're talking about like some sort of like random topic of a thing. And then that in turn will be, you know, that'll all be fertilizer. That'll all be fuel for my inspiration. So then, you know, when we're, and then it's just total improv, uh, mode, you know, I've got the script and I've got the, the 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 bumper, the bumpers and the bowling lane to help keep me on track, so I don't like land in the gutter. Um, but otherwise, well, you know, if a guest is wanting to roll dice and and go things randomly, then I'm like in full like improv, like all right, we're gonna yes and this, and we're gonna roll with it, and you know that ends up being a, a feedback loop that just gets me more inspired and uh, excited as the episode goes on. Have you ever done any like improv or theater training? I mean, listeners of our old podcast know back on one of our early ones when we talked about musicals we did like, yeah, I mean, I did musicals in high school and college. Um, so that certainly helped me with uh, that level of, uh, of comfortability. I think even I remember talking about at I don't know if it was an actual uh, production like if it was one of the actual like okay this is like we're we're live and like we're we have a live audience in front of us or if it was a technical rehearsal for Oklahoma which I'm pretty sure we did our junior year of high school that was our junior year right sounds about right yeah yeah and um, I think at that rehearsal because obviously you're having to run lines and one of the things you get taught early on is like, hey, it's a really good idea to just memorize everybody's lines. So then that way, you know what is supposed to happen. And so if something goes off the rails, then you can, you know, be inspired in that moment to say something to trigger uh, the person to remember the sequence to then keep going. So I remember, um, you know, I'm playing the character Ali Hakim 
and I have to go into Judd's uh, shed and I'm showing him the little wonder kaleidoscope and he's supposed to say something and he doesn't say it. And so then I kind of had to weave in what his line was. So then that would trigger, um, you know, the next sequence of, of dialogue that was supposed to continue on with the scene. So like, that's a moment that I remember being like, ah, oh, that, you know, that improvisational sort of nature uh, coming to play to help out, um, you know, just being choir and, and uh, all that stuff has helped me out as well. Um, and getting to play D and mean, obviously, um, you know, like any, you know, it, it still is a hobby, but you know, there are also skills that you're learning and taking away from it as well. And so the, you know, the more opportunities that I've had to play games, uh, with people, whether they are around the table or maybe online or whatnot, um, all helps to fuel, um, that improvisational nature and being spontaneous, um, in those regards or being able to adapt and roll with the punches and stuff yeah i know you're a really big fan of uh who's line also yeah um, that was a staple of my household uh, growing up when those uh would show on uh, what was it fox or whatever i remember summers and so we're sitting down on the floor in front of the tv having our dinner because we wanted to watch who's lines in anyway and laugh while we're eating dinner and we're dripping wet sitting on towels trying to get off chlorine from the neighborhood pool and stuff like that mm-hmm. oh yeah i thought it was cool that you mentioned improv and and yes standing because that's uh divya did improv classes at like a theater like an improv theater here in town um <laughs> and so she did like five levels of classes and i think each level is like six weeks something like that so mm-hmm. um it's like a year or two years of uh don't check my math but it was like a year or so of uh like improv classes and she would uh, tell me some of the things and yes and is one of the few you know industry terms that I remember but mm. um, that's cool Maybe- I do think she would enjoy D&D especially if she I don't know if she would ever want to do like uh, you know start a podcast or do an actual play on Twitch or something like that but you definitely uh, exercise those muscles pretty quick um, when you're having to um, perform for an audience or you know more correct to say is you're just in a game with other people and you're being characters and so you have to accept the reality of like yeah oh i'm duncan so i'm not me i'm i'm duncan and duncan is reacting to what's going on okay well let's let's see what duncan does the fearlessly brave yes yes Mm -hmm. yes who now himself is a patron of the arts so oh yeah. yeah the next time he gets to come up he gets to have a something extra written on his little business cards that he gets to hand out oh nice i think it's been fun to hear your new uh your new podcast npcs as they come up too. like if there's a a need for somebody else it's been fun to see uh who gets invented to fill those roles yeah with uh elise's episode that just came out at the time of this recording just this previous wednesday um yeah we're up to we have duncan we have sonia we have korak and we've got uh, Chrisley, and we've got Orion, and now we have Agape, who's a tiefling wild magic sorcerer that's like Feywild-inspired wild magic. So, yeah, so we've got, like, before long, I mean, I'm sure another 100 episodes from now, we'll be like, okay, we've got da 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 and I'm, like, rat- rattling off all these different characters. And I'm sure someone out there will be like, well, now all these characters have to be, like, some sort of... Um, 
Uh, Use a random table for that when you get there. <laughs> yeah. Okay, you're going to roll against... Ah, okay, all right. We'll roll a d20 and see which uh, podcast NPC um, you go with today. Um, no, I was going to say someone out there being like, we need an actual play and uh, people being these characters. And that would be like, oh, that would be, you know, too crazy or overpowered or, or something. <laughs> um, but... Uh, <laughs> Now I just was thinking of Matt Colville. It's like, oh, well, at that point, you're just like writing a novel or something like that. Um, the novelization of uh, of the sidekicks and side quests meta narrative of the podcast just being like, here are all these disparate uh, podcast characters uh, that are now having to come together and fight some sort of big bad or whatever in the world. And now I'm a, a writer or something like that. Mm-hmm. Which, yeah. which could be done, I suppose, but I, I don't know who would re- even read that. <laughs> mm-hmm. cool. no, I mean, I was happy when um, when Andrew Strother from Roll for Persuasion took his NPC that we made, and then when he was invited to play on a Jasper's Game Day charity stream, he took Quando and converted Quando from an NPC into an actual player character that he used in the charity one-shot and of course, Brennan Lee Mulligan is the dungeon master for that one shot. Um, so he's a pretty big deal now in uh, in D and D hobby space. Um, he would be a fun person to have on the podcast for sure. Might have to work some angles on that. Uh, get some connections involved. Being like, please, oh please, will you be on my silly little podcast uh, if you're not too busy? Um, yeah, that, he would be he would he would be a delight to have. I'm sure he's very, very knowledgeable. And of course, um, speaking of critical role, he did one of the mini campaigns, um, the chron- uh, the um, tale. What is it? Exandria Tales EXU Exandria Unlimited, I think is. So if they they bring on a guest dungeon master to, to kind of host like a, a small number of episodes and it has other characters um, and so Brennan Lee Mulligan ran an EXU show um, called Calamity, which was basically going back in time within Critical Role's history and kind of explaining, OK, here was the age of Arcanum, like the age of like super duper high fantasy. And then the world breaks and falls apart. And then that's what gets us now into our current baseline of like, OK, the great empires have now fallen and died and all the magic items are scattered in the dungeons all throughout the world and that kind of stuff um so yeah brennan lee mulligan got to be the dungeon master for for that run um so yeah like i said loads of cool people in the hobby space and i'll I'll try my best to ask any and all of them to uh step into the levitating platter but we will see uh who accepts the invitation or not Mm mm-hmm there's always room. <laughs> There's always room. There's always tables here because, oh man, just that was just a fun bit of lore, um, uh, which I think I explained early on in the introduction episode of uh, the idea of the levitating platter basically just being a um, a, a magnificent mansion spell. Because I, I think I was at the real life flying saucer talking to uh, uh, Michael and Elizabeth Horsley and just being like well, how can it be like a magic tavern and stuff like that? And then I was reading the spell Magnificent Mansion. I was like, oh, but you can actually change things around how you want. And you have invisible servants 
uh, in the mansion. And so that's why there's levitating platters because they're invisible <laughs> servants that are just uh -huh. going around carrying them. And so I was like, oh, he just has permanently affixed portal doors. So there is like a physical building in the in Alchester, in the fictional town where this tavern exists. But whenever someone steps through the door, what they're actually doing is stepping inside of an extra dimensional space. And that's how Randolph is able to like shift the inside. So if someone needs like a party room, he can just kind of think about it for a second and then like, okay, now suddenly like another party room has suddenly, um, you know, found its way in the in the dimensions of the building or like, oh, hey, more people are coming to stay. Okay, I guess I'm going to need to make like a few more rooms. And then, um, yeah, and then he's got Mr. Underhill to kind of help him manage and keep track of, like, who's in there and who's not and stuff like that. So, which all that helped to inspire in the um, campaign that I was running for work um, with uh, the idea that, uh, you know, on this giant ship, the Cadence, um, and you have, like, the quarters, the, the ritzy section in the back of the ship. Well, if you have just, like, a, a, a room in this section obviously you can't have like a mansion but if you have permanently affixed magnificent mansion doors that you've cast for like over a year you get a hedge wizard to just sit there and cast it for a year eventually you could just have like um you know you would enter in a, a room on a ship and then it would just be like one room would have nothing but like doors all lined on the walls and then based on whichever door you enter is like it's basically like a miniature mansion on the inside so that's how the rich and powerful on this city state that's the ship are able to just have all this space with it not actually taking up that much room fun fun fact fun world building stuff which you can definitely take for your game if you want that's my idea i say that i say you can cast a magnificent mansion for a year in the same spot and that'll eventually make a permanent doorway i think that's cool i don't it's not written down but i think it should be I think that should be an effect because like if you do a teleportation circle spell in the same spot for an entire year, that's how you make permanently affixed uh, teleportation circles. So the same logic should apply for like Magnificent Mansion or whatever else. Yeah, seems fair. Yeah. DM well, hot takes. <laughs> that's the role here. Uh, is there anything else you wanted to cover? We just hit an hour. Yeah. Um, that's you still all have more drink to drink or are you tired of me? Uh, I have a little bit more <laughs> drink, but I also need to do my duty to my household and take the dog out. Mm. So, okay. Yes. Uh, well, it's nice just, uh, you know, having a, a mini blank tape kind of reunion. We didn't have any news tidbits to share. Not, not really. And I guess the topic of discussion was just my podcast that I'm doing. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, do you think that? trying to explore a higher tier um is is something worth doing for like ten dollars a month i know you know again behind the scenes letting letting the third chair letting the audience know i mean i think some ideas that maybe you and katie and me were discussing um do you think it's it's feasible to do like some sort of like quarterly because I, I think i i talked to my wife about it and she said like oh that would be fun like if you had some of your previous guests come back and you did like one shots or something like that every quarter, whether they use those particular characters or, um, or I, I don't know, maybe, maybe they make up other characters, uh, but they're encountering NPCs that have been made on the show. 
And then that's specifically like one shot actual play bonus content or something that gets produced. Like, do you think that's worth it? Like if you did $10 a month, like, you know, is that, is that is something like that feasible or is that, well, like, I would have to you, ask for more. If you gave 10 a month, then every quarter you would participate in that show is what you're saying. Yeah, that could be it. Yeah. Like if you do the $10 a month and you could participate in it, maybe. Yeah. Yeah, that'd be fun. I would do it. Um, okay. So it'd yeah. be like a dedicated way to play D&D for sure. A low risk uh, quarterly commitment to do little one shots. Yeah, that would be cool for me. That that fits my my interest. You know, like I don't really have a lot of like local friends in town who are into it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I don't have the time to like really bring on like a whole big extra like every weekly hobby kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But I like I like it enough to want to do it every now and then. That would be that would be kind of cool for me. That's just me though. You know, I'm just one of your I'm one of your patrons. <laughs> sure. Um, okay. So like, but so okay. Yeah. For me, the big thing with the Patreon is like, again, for me as a software developer guy, you know, like software tools are important. And if there's a tool that you want that can make your life easier and help you do your little job, I say little, but I mean like your your job. That's like a really creative you know, passion for you, like mm-hmm. it would be, let's find a way to get you that tool. So your life becomes easier. But so that's my, that's my thing is like, I, I like, you know, my job is writing software for a living. And then like, I think it's important for good software to be like rewarded by being paid for, you know? And so mm-hmm. I like to use tools. I like to pay for tools that are good. So if there's a tool you want, like, let's, let's find a Patreon tier that'll get you to be able to use that. And then if that means I get to play a D and D game, uh, every now and then that so, sounds great too. So $10 a month. Okay. So I'm just thinking because now I feel like if I'm having to commit with making PDFs, like, cause I know I talked to our, our previous guest and my friend, my coworker, um, uh, Catherine, um, you know, and I was like, you know, what would something like that actually cost? Like in time and effort, as far as like getting custom art, and yeah. designing like a template and then having everything all put together like it'd be one thing if i was like my previous guest lauren walsh who actually does this with her patreon so if you are looking for like legitimate like i want full-fledged pdfs of like npc artwork and maybe little vtt tokens if i'm using a virtual tabletop and i want like custom little art token oh, cool. pieces that i can yeah. use in like fantasy grounds or roll 20 or whatever platform I'm using. Um, like I know Lauren Walsh does that already. Fantastic job. And you know, she's a legitimate, like award-winning recognized artist. Um, not that I have, uh, you know, the, the gall to compete. Um, mm-hmm. well, I, I just don't have the artistic talent, uh, in and of myself. Um, and, and trying to ask my friends, like trying to ask Catherine or anyone else to be like, Hey, you should do this art for me. Uh, but then what does that cost as far as like time and effort and like how consistently could we do it? So you're of the opinion, maybe perhaps like if I did $10 and then was like, all right, from now on $10 a month, if you do this, then for sure on the books, we will start a, um, a, a, a like a just for us, um, you know, D and D campaign or something like that, like a quarterly campaign maybe it's a series of one shots and we try a bunch of different games or like it is like a dedicated like D campaign that just gets to play like every once in a while that sounds cool to me yeah 
as far as like the reoccurring campaign or just a series of one shots and exploring oh, other different games um i feel like one shots maybe because there's such a variety of characters mm-hmm. and i don't know which is more effort like on one hand if it's like if they're all related then you get to like reuse your work of like making those characters you know what i mean but if they're mm-hmm. all individual one shots then you have to like re you have to like make sure you have full-fledged characters for every single one and maybe that's more work i don't know um i guess it would come down to whatever you think is more doable for you you know it's mm-hmm. i guess i don't have a strong preference there sure that would be definitely something to talk to the family about and be like hey is this something that i can i can reasonably do you know like once a quarter to be like, hey, we're going to get together the online game for all the patrons of the $10 or more club that want to participate in that and then um, have them, you know, we'll just do a game. Maybe we'll be like, okay. And then is that something that is just private and it's just fun and just for us because that's like the perk of being the $10 or is it or is it I'm making content and I need the general public to know the cool stuff that we're making? Like, do does the group want to be able to, like, go back and listen to it if I go through the effort of uh, recording it uh, or, or something like that? Or is it just like, hey, for 10, 10 bucks a month at this level, you know, which so for a quarter, it's basically like 30 bucks that you're paying me. And then you would get to play in what? Like, you know, a one shot? Like, is that worth your 30 bucks a quarter? Basically is what I'm what I'm trying to think of, like. Like what is, yeah. I mean, these may be more questions that have to be pondered off the air, uh, but, uh, but it is food for thought. And maybe those of you who are listening and enjoying this patrons pub night, like I clearly am at this point. Um, maybe you can let me know your thoughts and opinions. Yeah, there's no, certainly no get goblin Katie's opinion. So yeah, for sure. You can always try different things and see how it goes. So no, no pressure to solve it all at once. I'm just throwing out feedback. Yeah. So that'd be cool. Yeah. $10 a month for some kind of a game quarterly or yeah, or something monthly. Mm, I don't know. Monthly could be pushing monthly it is too much. Yeah. For me, but yeah, quarterly is a little more. Yeah. Cause that way you can at least schedule it out for a little bit better. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So and there's, again, there's something you know, like, I'm just excited about the idea that I get to support you and help make sure that the show is financially stable and not a not a huge burden to you. So yeah, um, that's a big I'm breaking even that's, basically. That's, I mean, I'm getting a, I'm getting a little bit of more above, but basically I'm I'm breaking even. So if we want to do even more cool stuff, we got to get uh, definitely got to get the patrons out there. Do you think it helps to do these patron pub nights more often? And because I know I think we were toying with the idea of like, oh, we do like a full we do like this whole long recording. But then I do two versions where it's like one gets uploaded to the Patreon and it's full. And then like another one gets publicly released, but it's cut short or like only the relevant stuff is talked about. Then it's like, oh, if you want to listen to more stuff, I guess you'll just have to join the Patreon. I know Andrew's role for persuasion podcast does the you know, they when it was. Uh, it was he used to do the he probably still does but you know the zone of two truth segment in which like okay the regular interview is done and now here's like an extra 20 minutes of where we talk about like some specific topic that the guest was passionate about i don't know if i need to adopt 
some sort of model because my podcast episodes at this point now vary somewhere between an average of like 40 minutes to an hour. I know the the goal going in was 30 minutes, but that was probably with more chop and slice and dice and all that stuff. And I want to make sure my guests can talk and don't feel too robotic. So letting them be more natural, okay, it just means that episodes are now like 40 minutes to an hour. So I don't know. Could you handle, do you think it's more, I feel, I feel like it may be too much if I promise like, oh, for $10 a month, you can get like extra bonus content stuff like more of the in-between week episodes or something like that, how I used to do those more often. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, for me personally, as a patron, like I think the extra things, whether that's like a pub night or, you know, a game that happens like, I think like four per year is good, you know? Like, so like a pub night a couple times a year, a game every quarter, you know? Like that's, that's that seems good for me. Um, okay. I don't know. I, I I think you'll just have to try things and see what how it goes. Okay. You know? uh, it's hard to imagine like what's gonna work or what's gonna get the most traction or. Um, yeah, because it's like know. I know at this point the podcast now officially has um, seventy eight hundred downloads. So I mean that's pretty good for like for just now getting into our fourth technical season. Um, you know, so so. You know, it is a niche topic, so it's not like, um, you know, one of these other, you know, very great shows that may have star power attached to it or, or something like that. Or they're just, I don't know, they're genuinely more interesting, more interesting than me or something like that. I don't know. But yeah, no, these are all these are all good questions. And I'm glad that I had some uh, a sounding board um, and we could have this metaphysical, metaphorical like, oh, it's like we're back at the levitating platter. We're at the flying saucer and we're grabbing a beer, in our case, whiskeys. And we're just sitting down and being like, what is life, man? What is this Patreon stuff, man? What's this Patreon what is, stuff? What is man? podcasting? Yeah. There's two white guys podcasting. <laughs> the world needs more of those, am I right? <laughs> well, we were close. We were going to have a third person, but... Uh... I think we have like a minute and a half left before it kicks us out. So, oh no, see, no, my <laughs> Zencaster's telling me I've still got 41 minutes left. So, oh, nice. If you want to get sloshed, uh, we've got the time to do so, but I would not encourage it. No, I appreciate it. I think I got to bounce. Okay. So, well, I guess this concludes our first historic uh, patrons pub night episode. And, I think I'll probably just leave this audio as is. I might try and get fancy and add one of those uh, underlying music things. I don't know. Might give it some nice ambiance or something underneath or um, maybe just trying to find like royalty free background noise that I can I could conceivably use. I may have to do some searching for that. But anyway, um, yeah, (laughs) I don't know how to sign off on this particular episode. Well, thanks for having me on, and it's fun to be on a little podcast again and spend some night chatting with you. And cheers to 100 episodes. Congrats. That's an accomplishment that deserves to be celebrated. So thanks for having me be a part of it. Cheers. Yeah. Cheers. Bar to rock on one, two, one, two, three, four.